Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Profitability Movement. Google Profitability-Movement to join this community of business owners focused on building profit, increasing wealth, and giving back. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. Electric cars are here. For those of you who take care of residential and commercial electrical needs, this growing market is something you have to take advantage of. Carl Kasselak, CEO of Logic, did a webinar on the growth in this industry and how you can get involved. It was so good that I asked his permission to give you the audio of the webinar. Here it is. Let us get started. I am thrilled that you're with me today, and we are going to talk about electric electric vehicles and everything else along those lines. So I met Carl at the A360 group that I have talked to you all about. And he he actually asked a question. And that's how I found out about what he was doing. It was like, I have a group of contractors who need to get going with respect to installing EV stations. So would you like to do a webinar for us? And he said, sure. So Carl, Take it away. It's all yours. I'm going to put up on Thank you. Thank you, Ruth. Um, yeah. So actually, I'll give you a little personal background on me first. So uh, I actually come from uh, the contracting background myself. So my father's had an electrical contracting company out in Southern California for 42 years now. And so I grew up in that business doing everything from sweeping floors as a young kid, uh, summer jobs, pulling wire in the field and, you know, eventually wiring electrical panels and sales, you name it. And um Part of that allowed me to just kind of recognize opportunities in that space uh, to help grow businesses. And so I started an energy efficiency division in his business that uh, ultimately led to about 20% year over year growth in his company and capturing new customer base. And eventually that's what became the formation of what logic is the idea of expanding and, and offering a national platform to work with contractors across the country and bring them into energy efficiency measures and help them sell, and now more recently, uh, electric vehicles. Uh, but WattLogic is a company that I acquired back in 2010 uh, and have been building up since. I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, but we do work all across the country and uh, work with about uh, 350 contractors total across the country on working on different projects. But today, I my goal is really to give you a overview of what the opportunity might look like in EV charging and what that might mean for your business. And so with that, I'll jump right in. Um, so first of all, you, if you've seen it or not, uh, depending on your, your local market, right now, seven out of 10 Americans are interested in buying an electric vehicle. Um, but contrary to that, the main reason they are not interested or not doing it in many cases, not only is it along lead times in the vehicles, but uh, 60% of uh, US residents do not have a garage. And so when you look at multifamily sites, you look at single family homes that you know people are renting or might not have a charger in place, there's a huge need for having chargers installed uh, all over the United States. And it's one of the biggest limiting factors that people have in buying a vehicle today. Um, but even with that being said, if you look at projections, and I'm going to share these slides, by the way, with you, Ruth, afterwards, so you can pass it out to your team. So I'm going to breeze through some of this data rather than going in granular detail. I know we have 30 minutes and I want to leave time for questions. But um, this is the sales forecast year over year on electric vehicle sales expectations. Um, already, we're blowing through these numbers. 
If you look at you know reservations on the F-150 trucks and on all these other cars that are sold out basically for two years right now um, with their production limits that these brands are able to produce, that's trying to get us up to about 4.7 million vehicles, new vehicles delivered in 2030. Um, I personally think that we're gonna see more of an exponential growth curve here versus linear as you see it. And we're gonna see even more vehicles delivered as these manufacturers figure out how to produce more vehicles um, and they replace their traditional gas power plants with electric. So what's that mean for vehicles in operation? Well, you could see this curve is a lot more exponential. Um, now all of a sudden you're jumping from today, what we have on the road is just under 3 million electric vehicles in the United States. And by again, I'll just use 2030 as the benchmark, that number dramatically growing to over 25 million vehicles in operation on the road and, um, and, and being used on a day-to-day -day basis. A few things that are driving that is number one, just interest in electric vehicles, but uh, really policy drives a lot of it as well. This is a short list. If you see your state on here of states that have uh, passed some type of legislation or are in the process of passing legislation to have zero uh, tailpipe emissions as far as new registered vehicles. That doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna make you throw away your old vehicle, although that may come at some point in time. Uh, these are literally registering new vehicle sales in these states. So Washington being the first with a 2030 target that every vehicle sold in Washington is going to uh, require a, um, an electric status effectively. I mean, it doesn't have to be electric. It could be, you know, uh, fuel cell or different things, but uh, to put it in short perspective, give you an idea of what your states might look like. And uh, with that being said, I wanna show you how EV charging works uh, for those that might not be familiar. There's three primary types to EV charging. And uh, what we've noticed with people, particularly those that are buying a vehicle, bringing it home in their garage, all vehicles are delivered with what's called level one charging. And so just like you see it kind of illustrated here, it generally involves a power pack similar to like a power block, just larger of what you'd expect with say a laptop computer. And it has a standard 120 outlet on it. And then it has a standard plug that goes into the vehicle. The problem is most people when they buy the car don't realize that that charger only gets them three to five miles of range just because of the power capacity of the 120 circuit they're plugging into. And so what we've heard from a lot of people is they get home, they're super excited about buying this electric car and they go and plug it in at night, they get up in the morning and find out that they don't have the charge that they expected to have in their car. Now all of a sudden they're scrambling to find a contractor or someone that can come in and install the next option, which is a level two option. And so the level two is the most common charger uh, that you see around you. So if you go to a retail center and they have something that's generally around the size of a large shoebox, uh, that's a level two charger. Uh, residents also, um, vast majority are installing level two chargers now. And the reason is it allows you to use 240 volt power or 220 in a commercial setting and put 12 to 70 miles of range back on the car, depending on the amperage of the charger that you put in place. And so this makes it much more feasible for those, particularly those with long commutes, uh, to be able to plug in their vehicle. Or like in my case, I've been a Tesla owner for seven years now, and I actually don't even charge my car nightly. I charge it maybe once every three nights, but I have a level two charger 
And so I'm able to charge like last night, actually, for example, I went from, I think 50 miles of range when I first hooked up to uh, a total of 205 uh, is the set point that I had this, this morning when I got back in the vehicle. And so I will do that every, you know, two to three days, depending on how much I'm driving uh, as an example with level two. The third one that you see around town and the easiest one you're going to see this with is uh, Tesla supercharging stations is uh, level three charging. And so the difference here is that it goes DC uh, conversion in the charger. That's why they're much larger and it goes directly into the battery. And by going directly into the battery, it's able to charge more rapidly. And some of the latest vehicles will allow you to charge up to a thousand miles of range per hour. And so the goal with level three charging is to kind of replace the idea of a gas station, particularly for those with longer commutes or when you're traveling is, is really the best application for level three charging. And the goal being that you can get 80% of a charge back in a vehicle with under 15 minutes of charging time. So you're gonna to start to see those stations have convenience stores, kind of think of the replacement of a travel center or a truck stop uh, start to offer these where people are destination charging and stopping in, going to the bathroom, getting something to eat, charging, hitting the Starbucks or whatever, and then getting back on the road is where you'll see this type of charger. Give you an example of project cost because there's a lot of incentives available out there depending on the part of the country uh, that we're in. And, and that's something that we specialize in, by the way, too, and would be helping you out on educating where those incentives exist and how we can capture those. So this is just an example of a project in Anaheim, California, uh, right down the street from Disneyland. Um, they have an outstanding incentive program that uh, works out to $5,000 per charger for uh, commercial use. Um, that includes multifamily and different applications. They, this particular project, 10 level two chargers, total project cost with electrical installation, cost of hardware, everything, about $56,000. As I mentioned, the utility company was willing to put in $5,000 per charger. So that brings the net down to $6,000 for the total project. Plus the customer is also eligible for a tax credit of $1,800. So all of a sudden the economics of charging become very enticing uh, because this could also be, depending on the application, a revenue generating opportunity for this end user. Let's say it's a again, a multifamily apartment building, they may charge people an extra fee to plug in at night and charge their car. And so now they're increasing their rent roll on their property and it becomes that much more enticing for them to install and put in place. Um, quick touch point, residential uh, chargers have incentives as well. They're not as common as commercial incentives, but uh, in places like Anaheim as an example, uh, the average uh, incentive on those is about $1,000 per charger. Um, and obviously the cost to put those in is much less in a residential setting than commercial where you have to do trenching typically or some type of landscape work in order to install these chargers. So I uh, want to give you an idea of this is just California of the opportunity size of the market um, and what we see upcoming, not what we see, this is just uh, industry data. But uh, light duty would uh, fill anything of residential vehicles to uh, small fleets, like think pharmaceutical reps that uh, have fleets, and, um, and then also into residences. 
it's expected just in California alone to create somewhere between 38 to 62,000 jobs to install the need that's required to put these chargers in at the pace that people are buying vehicles. Medium heavy duty installations. So that would be, uh, we're seeing this already delivered in California, class eight full-size semi-trucks that are fully electric uh, down to uh, just typical you know, delivery vehicles. They could be last mile delivery, UPS style vans. Again, we're seeing a lot of those already go in in California, but that's expected to create another 9,100 jobs uh, by those projects going in. And I mentioned DC fast charging. When we hear about this infrastructure bill and an emphasis on electric vehicle charging, a lot of that funding is going to go towards the level three or DC fast charging that I mentioned earlier. And the reason is, is the US government views our interstate and highway system as the opportunity to convert or build new of these truck stops and create a pathway where whether they're large trucks or their passenger vehicles can stop in, get a quick refueling in electricity and then move on their way. And so that's expected just alone to create another nearly 29,000 jobs by, um, by putting that in place. So I um, want to tell you a little bit about our process and how we go to market as a company and what we've seen work successfully and, and really why we entered into the EV charging arena. What we found is that there's huge pain points, whether it's residents or commercial, to know who to call to start the process. They, they might go on Yelp and try to find a contractor. They, they may search around. They may ask a friend. But the problem is they don't know what size charger they need, uh, particularly if they already had a vehicle delivered and they're freaking out. They're trying to get it as quickly as possible. And so we built a virtual assessment tool, which I'll show you here shortly, to interact with the direct customer and then tie in contractors uh, in the local area to help streamline that uh, installation. And, um, and then that converts into a proposal directly for the customer and ultimately then the installation gets issued back to the local contractor. So our business does not self-perform any of the work we do. Uh, we merely are the platform that brings the customer and the contractor together. And then we help uh, using some artificial intelligence systems to specify what the installation cost looks like, hopefully virtually in a residential setting without having to step foot on the property. And then uh, also manage the installation to make sure the customer is getting what they want and has the incentive, uh, whatever the highest incentive possible in their area is, that they're able to capture that with the equipment and installation that was designed. So what's that virtual assessment look like? Well, what it is, is it, it's not truly an app. It looks like an app on your phone. It's just a survey that the customer goes to, and you can find it if you visit our website today and go to, to evcharging at whatlogic.com. Um, and uh, it will have the customer walk through, put in their address. It will specify a pin drop where the charger is going to go, and then a pin drop where their electrical panel is, and take a few pictures for us. So you can see here the example that they take a picture, say, of their garage, if that's where they want the charger installed. They take one of their electrical panel, and they would bring those in and sit, hit submit, and then we would receive that, and our system analyzes the, the distance, so you can see the pin drop here that they've dropped in. It analyzes the distance of it and any information that we can gather around that piece of real estate, their utility provider, so that we know what incentives might be available to them. And 
that process gets turned over to, I jumped ahead, there we go, um, to a contractor portal. And so um, I'll explain this a little bit further, but there's an opportunity for each of you to get involved as an install contractor on the WattLogic platform. And you would set your local uh, geographic area that you're interested in covering. And then you would receive an alert that we have a new customer in that area and it would show something similar to this. And so you can see that red dotted line is identifying where the conduit run may run, but you can adjust that line. Uh, let's say we wanted to run through the attic of a property or we wanted to run around the edge of a commercial building. Those get adjusted and then it factors in what the run length is. And we set either parameters as kind of a master of what your cost is to run a linear foot of elect, you know, whatever size, let's say a 48 amp circuit, a, what your cost per linear foot is, and then your cost of installation, or you can set it on a project by project basis and go ahead and submit that project back. And then ultimately that goes to the customer and you see a portal of the bids that you've submitted and what the uh, success rate is on those going back to the customer. If they've accepted, or if it's out in a request form, uh, waiting for your approval back, and ultimately what that is, is what we call our certified installer program with WattLogic of contractors that we work with. And you don't necessarily have to have experience installing EV chargers. That's part of what we're here for, is to be able to uh, bring that opportunity to you and help educate on a training platform to be able to inform you what it takes and, and what type of hardware and, um, and crew it might take to put these in and bring that in place. So, Final thing I want to hit kind of on the contractor side of, you know, where we see the opportunity for businesses like yourself is uh, twofold. One, I mentioned being on the install side, first of all, and um, in having jobs that are brought to you. The other side is creating additional revenue by actually bringing this as a solution to your end customers. And, and by doing that, it gives you an opportunity to generate more revenue, diversify your business, and serve either existing customers in new ways and add additional value to them, both residential and commercial, depending on what part of the business you focus on. And, um, and then really just stand out from your competition and be able to be the innovator in your space and in your demographic to offer new solutions that at some point people are already looking for. Um, whether you've heard about it much or not, you have, I'm guessing, a customer base that respects you and loves working with you as a business. And at some point, they're going to go looking for someone that they need an EV charger installed. Maybe not today, maybe you know, a couple months from now, but I, I would guess that you may have a few customers already that have installed them or are looking for somebody to install them. And so it gives you an opportunity to capitalize on that market before someone goes to Yelp, as I mentioned earlier, and just searches for an EV charger installer and hopes to find somebody that will install for them. And hopefully we also see it as an opportunity and, and our partners that we work with already is a way to attract and retain employees, particularly those that are eager to look for new challenges and opportunities. Um, I personally believe that one of the biggest limiting factors in the electrification of the United States is going to be the labor force and qualified labor force. I already think it's a limitation today, I'm sure, each of you, I see a couple of heads nodding. It's, it's hard enough already to find great labor, right? Uh, it's hard enough to find okay labor, let alone great labor. And, and so it creates an opportunity 
to hopefully bring some new life into recruiting as there's interest, particularly from younger individuals that see the opportunity and the growth in the electrification uh, of vehicles. And, and hopefully that translates into each of you being able to grow your business as well. So I know I talked a lot and I, I wanted to kind of rattle that off quickly. And like I said, leave about 10 minutes here for questions and be cognizant of your time. Um, I have on the screen also here, he's actually on the phone uh, with us here as well, Lawrence Jarvie, he's our director of sales. So if you wanna cap contact, whoops, sorry, what happened there? Okay, there we go. Um, it, it, write down his contact info uh, for either the sales or the contracting side. He would be your go-to resource to be able to support you and get you connected. So I just want to point that out that's on the screen. But with that being said, um, Ruth, I'll kick it to you. If you have any questions or anybody else, I'm happy to jump in. And I'm, I'm sure I've opened up some questions with everything I've raced through. I have one. I'll start it off. Um, what is the permitting process? Do you have to be licensed as an electrical contractor in the States or can you do this just doing HVAC? Uh, potentially both. Uh, it's going to be on a state-by-state -state basis to it. I will tell you particularly in a, well, it's residential commercial environment, either one. Um, we have customers that elect to do it number one, both ways, um, where they're either looking at it to be a permitted project or not. And part of it depends on what electrical infrastructure is needed to do it. Um, now, in most cases, we're taking an existing panel and we're adding a you know, 50 amp circuit to that panel, similar to installing a, a new, say, rooftop package unit. And, and we're bringing that to an outlet in the garage that is anywhere between 20 to, to 50 feet away uh, from the existing electrical panel. Yeah, some states are going to require permitting for that. Yep. And, and sometimes the incentive is tied to filing a permit as well. So like the example I mentioned with Anaheim, uh, they actually will only incentivize with a copy of the permit uh, being attached as part of it. And states are improving that process where it's becoming a simple over-the-counter uh, permit to do so because they're trying to encourage the growth of EV, but it, it's, it's very much a... One thing we are finding that honestly is a little frustrating is we're seeing right now vast differences, even city to city, and the way that they understand legislation. Um, and, and so it's been very challenging. And it, it's, it's a fight we've helped kind of many of our contractors fight on standardization. And we're seeing states try to pass statewide policies to make it unified, because right now, um, it can be very challenging. Try Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Anywhere. What other questions are there? Hey, Matt, uh, Laz over here. Um, if we already work with a network, we do EV chargers already. Yep. Will we be able to work with your network as well if we're already working with some other uh, EV charging networks? Yeah, absolutely. No, we're happy to. And, and one of the things I didn't touch on, but um, one big focus of our business has always been to uh, work with open standards in particular. And so we remain brand agnostic on everything we do. Um, you know, I'll give you an example on the opposite side in the industry of EV charging, and this might be the network you work with, is ChargePoint is very vertically integrated. And so I consider it to be kind of the apple of the EV charging industry, where you have to have ChargePoint hardware, you have to have ChargePoint software to run the charger and maintain that license. 
Uh, you typically have to have it installed by a ChargePoint licensed installer. And so they're unifying this vertical that all of those systems have to have their brand on it. Um, our preference is actually to use uh, uh, industry open standards. So the end customer, and this helps particularly with supply chain challenges right now, but we can use an array of different hardware that's sized appropriate to what that customer needs. And then if software is needed to run that charger, uh, not as common in the residential space, but in the commercial space, that software can be um, working with any of a wide brand of manufacturers and give that customer the flexibility. And so absolutely from an install perspective, we view it the same way is that um, we're open to all partners and, and would love the fact that you already have experience in the space, uh, make it quick and easy for you to jump in. Carl, can we get a copy of the presentation? Absolutely. Yep, I will hand it off to uh, to Ruth afterwards so that you have a chance to uh, to go through it. I, like I said, I know there was a lot of data in there that I skipped through quickly, but we will get that over to you. Perfect. I will also put this up on the HVAC channel website as soon as we clip off the front end of it. And so I'll send everybody a link to that also. So Carl, if you send me your the PowerPoint slides, I will add that to it, even though they're gonna see them on the screen, but they just might wanna go through those slides quickly by themselves. Yeah, excellent. Carl, one more question. I'm, I'm assuming that you guys are national. We are, correct. Okay. Yeah, we're in, we're down in, uh, in Miami, so okay. we're far away from the West Coast. Yep, but you know what? Uh, uh, South Florida is probably, I would argue, the second fastest growing market for electric vehicles outside of California. So you have a lot of opportunity in your space down there on uh, particularly that the number of deliveries of vehicles. Um, I would I would label right now from what we've seen on the latest data, California's number one, Florida number two, um, New York behind that. And then um, surprisingly shortly behind that is Georgia and um, Oklahoma, um, Texas as well kind of falls in that mix. So uh, that that's where we're seeing some of the highest percentages of deliveries of vehicles right now. The other thing that I think, you know, vehicle delivery wise that we see as a huge shift in the industry is just in the last couple of weeks, we started to see the F-150 trucks uh, be delivered. You're not going to see a huge number of them in residential applications. Ford's decided to ship those to large, particularly general contractors um, and large construction companies across the U.S., uh, particularly some of them are going into rural areas purposely to see how charging and range works out in the workforce. But uh, those are going to be a shift for a lot of people that have been holding off on getting an electric vehicle. And, um, and we'll start to see those roll more and more off the production line and, and enter the construction you know, sector as well for fleets of vehicles that are going out. In uh, South Florida, the, do you guys have a, like a, a volume already, a, a, lead, a lead count? Or you know, like what's the volume in South Florida as far as uh, you know, lead, possible leads? Yeah, there's um, how much workforce you got to add, you know? Sure. Um, we're seeing that number one grow every day. I don't know, honestly, off the top of my head, what we're seeing in, in lead volume out of uh, South Florida right now. But um, it, what happens in our system when someone fills out that survey is literally they're dispatched out to uh, one of our install contractors uh, within generally a couple hours of that going out. Um, and so 
the response time on getting that back to the customer, we try, and part of why we made our, our quoting tool, we tried to make it as easy as possible from the contractor's perspective to respond back so that we can get those responses back to a customer, even within you know two business days, so that they're able to make quicker decisions. Because part of what we found is that the, the industry trend right now is like two to three weeks to get a quote back. Um, and in some cases, much longer because it might involve a week or two to get someone scheduled to go visit the property. And um, if we can streamline that down, many customers are just eager to get started and, um, and don't want to wait around. Well, we made it by two minutes. Thanks, look at that. <laughs> one more, one more, one more, one more. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, 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 permitting, right? So um, I know it's not for any permitting and on the, on the, I guess I'll, I'll get this information once I, I already registered. I sent the email registered. Uh, well, I guess once I get the information back, I'll, It'll let me know how you guys, um, how the charge, how, how to bill it, and then how the permitting fees and processing are are associated there. I was just kind of thinking about the the permitting. It's already included in in the price that we got to give, or is it a separate line item, or you know what I mean? Yeah, great question. So it's a separate line item. Uh, I'll give you kind of a little breakdown on how we view the estimates um, in our final minutes here. So. Uh, I showed you a screenshot of a linear foot uh, basis, and that's really to just try to streamline the process. I don't necessarily expect that right out of the gates, you're going to have those numbers and know, hey, this is what linear foot cost is per, you know, 48 amps, 32 amps, whatever the circuit size might be. But um, uh, you would fill that in on the linear foot to get your distance right. And then it would take you to the next screen where you'd actually put in your material cost you'd put in your labor cost, um, and, and then you would put in permitting. And if you'd have a truck, if you have a truck roll fee, there's a separate line item for that too, for just a base project cost. And then there's another section, if there's something that you recognize that, that may be abnormal, that needs to be done, let's say even a, a sub panel needs to be added because they don't have, you know, capacity on that, that current panel, uh, that would be something that would be added as another cost. So it, it it's a pretty streamlined interface to, you know, send that information back. Great. Well, I thank you all for the opportunity to, to kind of speak with you today and, and share, you know, what I think could be a great opportunity for your businesses and, and growing your businesses and, you know, uh, bringing really more value to your customer base as well um, as we see this industry grow. Thank you. And I appreciate it. And I will also send you a copy of this when it actually gets clipped and edited so that you've got a copy. And if you'd like to share it, be, be, be our guest. Okay. Excellent. So. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.